22 after 7 on News Talk ZB, the Breakers and Ty Webster parting ways. Ty Webster uh, deciding he doesn't want to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Breakers owner, CEO Matt Walsh was on with Heather Duplessian explaining some of the reasons why. Well, obviously, COVID's a moving target, but what it appears and what all the indications are from the premiers in Australia and the different plans that have been laid out by Victoria and New South Wales are that the interstate travel within Australia and the proposed trans-Tasman bubble, hopefully at the end of this year, early next year, that um, travel restrictions are going to be much different for the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. And again, this is um, looking into the future, but um, I think in all reality, that's going to be the case. So when we laid that out to tie. You know, him and his representatives agreed, and we decided to move on. So that was that. Uh, that was the owner of the Breakers, Matt Walsh. Joining us now is Aaron Lloyd, who's a sports lawyer, to discuss this issue. Evening, Aaron. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, good evening, Elliot. How are you going? Good, thank you. Do you think there's been a precedent set this afternoon with that decision by the Breakers? Well, I hope one precedent that's set is it seems that the Breakers and Ty discussed it and reached an agreement as to how they were going to handle it, right? And I think that's an important precedent because I think, you know, if, if you can't have a player in your squad because he doesn't want a vaccine and that's going to be a requirement to go and play, you've got to be able to talk about that. You've got to understand why and you've got to be able to talk it through. Do they have the right to sit down, have that discussion? Is it, is it as simple as getting around the table and, um, and having this discussion about whether the path for him as a professional basketballer is still there with the breakers? Look, I think I think that is right. If you think about it from an employment perspective, right? So you've got an obligation, good faith obligation in employment relationships. So you need to be communicative. You need to talk with your staff about it. But if, you, if you've got a genuine reason for why you need your employees vaccinated and they're not willing to be vaccinated, then it's heading towards a, a termination of the relationship and you need to be able to have that conversation and dialogue with them. Is it, yeah, I was going to say an employment matter, like the, there's been the discussions about the border and, and people uh, working there, the, the sort of the no jab, no job sort of requirement that's come into, into discussion over the past year or so? Yeah, and look, and it's, it's not 100% clear. I mean, there are privacy issues you've got to manage. There's potential discriminatory issues. I mean, if you've got good reasons that you're not getting vaccinated and those reasons fall under the Human Rights Act, so maybe a disability or maybe religious grounds, then that's a dialogue that's going to have to be borne out and, and, and explored in the dialogue. But generally speaking, aside from that, if there's a good reason why you need vaccinations in your workforce and your staff aren't willing to do it, my view uh, is, is that you're, you're entitled then to look at towards pushing them towards termination. Ty Webster was already contracted to the breakers at this point, and it seems like there was nothing formally in his contract around vaccination status. If the breakers are looking to sign new players, they're a replacement for, for Ty Webster, can they put in their contract this player must be vaccinated? Yeah, well, I think it's easier to do it when you're first hiring, right? So um, both sports organisations and other employers, if you're going out to the market to hire people, and you've decided that having vaccinated staff is really important, much easier to do at hiring time. But on its face isn't discriminatory, unless for some reason, like I say, maybe a disability or a religious issue pops up. And if that's the case, you can have that dialogue with the person when you're saying to them, look, we really want our people to be vaccinated. If you're not willing to be vaccinated, I don't think you're the person for us. What's an employer got to do here um, to show that they do need it? Say, if they don't sit around the table like we've discussed and, and they go to, to employment court or whatever it might be, uh, what, what has an employer got to do to show that it is vital that you have this vaccination? Yeah, well, you've got to have a good reason to do it. Um, and that's true of whether you're hiring people from the get-go or whether it's your existing staff. But it's more important with your existing staff because what you're effectively going to be doing is giving them an instruction to go and get vaccinated if they want to keep their job. Now, 
no one has to be vaccinated. Everyone's got the right to say no. The Mm -hmm. Bill of Rights Act makes it clear that we can't be compelled to undergo any kind of medical treatment. But if you say, I'm not going to get the jab, then there might be consequences. So from an employer's perspective, what you want to do is work out, well, why is it that you need your people to be vaccinated? Is it because it's a high-risk work environment? And for sport, it sort of is, right? You think Mm -hmm. about close proximity, people sweating, um, whether it's uh, professional athletes engaging in sport or whether it's actually community athletes participating in sport, it's a high-risk environment for the spreading of COVID. So I think health and safety risk is going to be the starting point for most employers and for most event organisers. That's the, 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 the professional sports side of things. If you're down at the, the YMCA or the local rec centre and playing Sunday night social basketball, are the same sort of obligations likely to come in there, do you think, Aaron? Yeah, look, I think they are because it essentially comes down to the big reasons why you can't force vaccines on people are Bill of Rights and Human Rights Act issues from a legal perspective. Bill of Rights Act just means no one can compel anyone to get vaccinated. It doesn't make people immune from the consequences of their decision if they choose not to. And it's really a discriminatory issue, discrimination issue under the Human Rights Act. You know, are you discriminating against someone under the Human Rights Act, so discriminating illegally, if you say, I want all of the participants in my Wednesday night basketball league to be uh, vaccinated. And like I say, unless you can mount an argument that says, well, there are medical disability type reasons or there's religious reasons why I'm opposing a vaccine. I, my view, and I think the view of plenty of lawyers out there, is uh, as long as you have that discussion and you've got good reasons to put it in place, you can make those you can make those calls. So I expect to see a lot of community sport saying if you haven't got a COVID vaccination, you're not going to be able to participate. What about privacy matters? Because um, as we touched on, you've got the right to refuse medical treatment and and the Bill of Rights, and and, um, you don't have to state necessarily that you've had the vaccine. So what's to stop someone, I I don't know, I'm just spitballing here, but but lying or um, refusing to give their vaccinated state or whether they've had the vaccine? Yeah, well, the Privacy Commission has come out and clarified a really important point, which is your vaccine status, or whether you're vaccinated or not, is personal information that's private to you. Um, And the consequence of that, of course, is, you know, your employer can ask you if you're vaccinated, but they can't compel you to tell them. So if you choose that that's a piece of private information you want to keep secret, you can keep it secret, you can keep it private. It also means if you give that information to someone, that's information, personal information about you that needs to be protected under the Privacy Act, so it needs to be securely stored, not shared without your consent uh, and so forth and so on. But what it doesn't do is make you free from the ability for people to ask you if you're vaccinated. So if if a shop owner perhaps or if a sports organiser wants to know whether you're vaccinated and they say, please tell us what your vaccination status is, and you say, I'm not willing to share that with you, I, I suspect what's going to happen is they're going to go, well, that's fine. We're going to treat you either as not vaccinated or at least treat you as not having confirmed vaccinations. And as for lying, I guess that's why we're talking about you know, some kind of COVID passport, right? So mm. some kind of go- government-issued document or, or electronic uh, verification that confirms uh, that you're in the government system having, having had your two jabs for, for vaccination. Aaron Lloyd with us. Uh, Aaron, as a sports lawyer, do you, do you think there might be a point where um, you know, the NBA's decided it's not going to mandate vaccines, but competitions themselves uh, overseas may may say you, you've got to have a vaccine to, to participate in our competitions, whether it's the Olympics in three years' time or, or whatever it might be, that this is going to be something that is really going to be tested um, in a legal avenue in the years to come? Yeah, I do. Um, you're going to get, I, I, and I think it'll happen here, right? I think we will have um, sports leagues, uh, events, organisations, 
decide that they are going to take a step of, of requiring people to be vaccinated and have that status confirmed um, before they play. And uh, at some stage, that's going to get challenged. I mean, one interesting question will be this dichotomy between expecting fans to be vaccinated, but may, maybe athletes to not. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of the overseas sports we're seeing where all the fans have to show up vaccinated, but the athletes don't have to be. Now, again, it comes down to managing your health and safety risk. If you've got a bubble that you think protects your athletes, so be it. But if I was an athlete uh, participating in a, you know, a tennis tournament or the NBA or a football tournament or the Olympics, I'd be starting to ask questions about, well, if I'm vaccinated and uh, a lot of my colleagues are vaccinated, why is not everyone vaccinated? And isn't that creating an environment which is more dangerous to me in terms of the potential spread of COVID and the impacts on everyone if, if, if it does? Can you see it becoming a legal minefield, Aaron, or is, are people going to be quite accepting of this by and large? <laughs> or is it too uh, too hard to tell? I think, look, at this stage, I think it's too hard to tell because we don't know where the science is going to go for starters. You know, And if the science goes in a way where we start eliminating the spread of COVID with stronger and stronger vaccines, and that's just going to encourage more and more people to be taking it. If it becomes a situation which it appears to be at the moment, which is getting the vaccine doesn't prevent you getting COVID, but it prevents the impact, yeah, the significance of the impact will minimise the significance of the impact on you and it stays in that zone, then it's probably going to be more debatable for people. So, look, I think it's a bit early to say, a legal minefield, maybe, um, but I think at the moment certainly the public groundswell is towards people being vaccinated and as long as the community maintains that view as a whole, it's going to be harder, I think, for people to be kicking up a, a fuss, if you like, about the fact that they're being prohibited from doing something because they can't confirm a positive vaccine status. Indeed. Well, Aaron Lloyd, appreciate your time. Anything else around this topic that that you'd like to mention? No, I just think from from both a sporting community perspective and from an employment perspective, it's really important to have the dialogue, right? So, you know, I thought the way in which the the Breakers uh, announced, made their announcement today, where they respected Ty's right to make a call, but they'd also respected the practicality of it and they clearly got around the table and talked about it and reached some form of agreement on it. You know, it's a pretty grown-up, mature way of dealing with it. And I think, you know, when people are talking about what their rights are or what their views are and particularly some quite strongly held beliefs, beliefs, um, belief, uh, beliefs you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to do that in a mature kind of way. So let's hope we see more of that. Absolutely. Aaron Lloyd, appreciate your time with us uh, here this evening on News Talk ZB. It's a fascinating topic. Thanks very much. That is Aaron Lloyd, sports lawyer from Minter Allison Rudwatts in Auckland. Always enjoy catching up with Aaron and discussing the various sporting issues around the landscape. And and he's presented it, I think, quite well there. What's your view on what the breakers have done?